1: I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I just have a great feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. Regardless whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. You know, we didn't have a pod last weekend because I was actually in Vegas, and they're so strict about what you bet on. It's usually just the over-under and the spread. But on my bookie, there's so many really strange prop bets you can bet on. And it's really fun to pick and choose the ones that you want. So for this season, I'm using my bookie. If you're the guy, kind of guy that likes to bet a little to win a lot, try Parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, Parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go with MyBookie.ag. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR, that's C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid.
0: Hey everybody. Welcome back. Robert here along with Dustin, and we're recording right after Virginia uh just beat Pittsburgh. And it was a great game up until the very end. So we got a little stressed at the end. I was but... I, I was sitting on the couch <laughs> and
1: we watched it together, which was great. And I was like, we're good. I'm just chilling, <laughs> eating some popcorn, not, watching the Baylor Kansas game too. And yep. then all of a sudden, Virginia stopped scoring, which has been a problem this season. But we ended up pulling it out, which was great.
0: Yeah, so I guess I guess it's a good... I mean, at this point, any win's a good win. Yeah. We've won seven of our past eight games. Right. We only have four games left, which is crazy. Well, like, it's so, crazy how fast the season well, goes. I'm
1: going to push back on you. I don't think it was a good win. I would say we avoided a bad loss. Because at this point, there aren't really many chances for us to get another good win, except for Duke and Louisville. But there are some bad losses that we could have had. This would have been a bad loss. This would probably not have bumped us out of the tournament. But it would have put us directly back on the bubble, which is where we don't want to be. So
0: if I've learned anything this season, it's don't take winning for granted. Yeah. I just want the win. Like yeah. if we win, it's win. I'm I'm past the point that we were at last year. But I agree. At least now we're almost comfortably in the tournament. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. We're like, I know you've been more on the bracketology stuff than I have. I know. But what, we're a seven seed, you were saying? We're a 10 People seed. A 10 seed. So we'd play a seven seed. <laughs> we would play but, a seven, okay. yeah. Well, not as good, but still in. No, know, still, we're not, at least right now, in like the last four end games.
1: Yeah. So, But I mean, like compared to where we were a couple of months ago, you know, when the sky was falling, when we lost three games in a row, I mean, this is a huge improvement for us and where we are comfortably in the tournament. We are winners of seven of the last eight, with that only loss being at Louisville in a very, very competitive game. And so, honestly, I'm feeling pretty good about where we are. And also this week, you know, we played against Boston College on Wednesday, and that was a game in which, that was the first time really in the ACC season, except for Virginia Tech, where I felt really, really comfortable during the game. And I felt... Like, we were in control for most of it. We were up by 20 at some point and ended up winning by, I think it was about 17 or so. And so, it was about, it was 12. But 13. 13. I, but we'll I'm take not it. a math we'll teacher. I'm <laughs> teacher. But anyway, yeah. So, I mean, it was just a great, It's a, it's been a good couple, it's been a good stretch of games where we've played really well. Our offense has been a lot more, con, uh, not consistent, but better, better. Than, it, than it was. <laughs> I'm not going to use the word consistent yet. But, but they've been a lot better, and we've been able to pull games out and finish games a lot better than we were at the beginning of the year, which was great.
0: Yeah, I mean, speaking of finishing games, so we lose against Louisville two weekends ago, and then you get the one-point win against Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. You get the uh, Thomas Woldetton side buzzer beater, mm-hmm. 64-62 win over North Carolina. But these past two games, we've seen stretches of really good basketball from UVA. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Boston College was pretty much the whole game. This was just really impressive performance from the team. Five guys, all five starters scored in double figures. And then Pittsburgh, you know, if you don't count the last four minutes, which is tough to do. We should
1: have just ended the game when we were up 12. Yeah, with, we were up 12 with, with, with like, three minutes to go. Yeah,
0: And, you know, we At- played a really balanced game. Kihei had a couple weird passes here and there, but he played a really good game, 17 points. And then, you know, you had moments there from Momedy, from Braxton as well. And even Thomas Tensai. Thomas Tensai kind of, kicking his feet out a little bit getting those threes i'll tell you it's night and day his confidence mm-hmm. shooting those threes no them. i
1: mean when he when he curls off those screens it's like i mean people have compared him to kyle but he's a different kind of shooter he elevates a lot he he's he leans back a little bit which is kind of weird it kind of but, looks like lebron almost taking he, threes. yeah but he's got a great stroke he was two of seven today against pittsburgh and but you know he's been shooting really really well recently and so Basically, over the last three games, he's shot about 50% from the three-point line, which is crazy considering where he started off this season just being at you know lower than 20, which was nuts.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you got to be happy with it, man. I mean, that's, to me, the biggest difference is it almost kind of starts back with the Louisville game, mm-hmm. but just this offensive consistency, and we've talked about it before, but you got to have offense to win. And you know, it's not a coincidence <laughs> yeah, that when people yeah. start saying, "Hey, Virginia's looking better," that's when we started playing better offense. That's just kind of how it works. Well,
1: you know, the interesting thing is that even though our our offense has gotten a lot better on Ken Palm, we've gone up about 100 spaces since the start of ACC season, and but our defense has fallen. So our defense has gone down a little bit even though we're still the nation's uh leading defense in terms of points allowed per game. That's all that has a lot to do with our pace and not as much with our efficiency we uh we are the fourth most efficient defense in the United States I, I guess in college basketball I don't know why I said that. <laughs> but in in college basketball according to Ken Palm and that's still pretty good. That's about where we were last year. Last year, I think, I think we finished fifth in offensive, yeah, or we finished, or defensive efficiency. But, the, but we, finished de- second we finished second in offensive in efficiency. Yeah. And this, this year, it's a little bit different where our offense is just not what it was last year. And that's perfectly fine. But, you know, it's really come a long way this year in terms of what we can do with the ball and what this team wants to do with the ball. You know, when Thomas starts hitting threes... It opens up Momedy and Jay down low. It allows Kihei to get into the lane a lot more and allows him to kick out to people. You know, Casey's playing a lot better. Cody's hit some threes recently. He didn't hit one today, but he hit some he did a couple threes against Wake. Mm-hmm. No, Boston College, yep. excuse me. And uh, even Braxton has been playing well as well, getting a lot of rebounds and consistently being around the ten point range for him. So it's been a great stretch of games for the for the Who's and you know, we do have a tough one coming up on the what? What is it? Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday against, Virginia, against Tech. Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech. So it's always tough to play in Castle Coliseum, but it'll be. I mean, it's a game that we should win, and it's a game that we hopefully can continue the stretch of uh, better offense and very consistent defense.
0: Yeah, and you know, you talk about this, and I feel like I feel like. It, it's the simplest thing to say, but it starts with Thomas Woldetensai hitting mm-hmm. threes. It just has to, because that just was an element of our offense where you're not going to win many games, or at least in the ACC play, as we saw in the first half of the conference slate, you're just not going to win many games shooting you know, 20% from three. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you got to start with Thomas Tensei. But at the same time, I do think we need to talk about Kihei Clark some, mm-hmm. because Kihei has played... S- the past couple of games really, really strongly, today especially against Pittsburgh. And it's funny, like, during the games, you know, the tweets started popping up from last year, you know, is Kehe Clark an ACC caliber player? And mm-hmm. then the tweets started popping up again on... Uh, Wednesday against Boston College where Ty Jerome tweeted you know I think Kihei Clark is the best point guard in the ACC that Mm -hmm. was from last year so we're starting to get like a little momentum here of people kind of getting Kihei's back again and poor guy you know he hasn't even been here two full years but that's kind of the story of his career so far is this up and down swing in the eyes of many fans and media but you know he's played really well these past few games he's hitting shots. You know, there's still a few turnovers here and there that you wouldn't like, but he's still yeah. the only true ball handler on this team. So he's that,
1: played really well. That's the only knock against him I have, especially for against, the, against Pitt. He had six turnovers to three assists. So we actually, as a team, had more turnovers to assists. We had 16 turnovers, only 11 assists today. So not a great game passing the ball, but Pitt was doing a really good job of jumping in front of passes that were kind of obvious. Braxton had a couple weird... Um, lazy passes early in the game. Kihei had a couple passes that he tried to force, especially late in the game when Pitt was on that run. And but but luckily Kihei did enough on the offensive end with 17 points, six of 11 from the field, two of three from the three, made all three of his free throws to go along with five rebounds. You know to help his team get to the finish line. And we kind of crawled there, but I think that this team did enough defensively. And did enough, you know, with you know, making hitting some free throws, breaking that press to get to the finish line. That's
0: all that matters, man. That you just got to get wins. And I know. So going down the stretch, then we play Virginia Tech, Duke, Miami, and Louisville to finish the season. Mm-hmm. So you think bracketology wise, you think two and two were in the tournament?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think two and two, and I I think that you have to. I I think if we. Beat Virginia Tech and Miami, I think we're good. Uh, I think if we lose to either Virginia Tech or Miami, we're going to need to beat Duke or Louisville to really feel safe about it. Or and you know we've also got games in the ACC tournament to play. It if you know and we're not sure of what our seed is going to be yet, but looking good for that double. It is looking though. good. For, we can get to that later, but but looking just at the schedule right now, you know Virginia Tech and Miami are near the bottom. Of the ACC, right? Miami and Virginia Tech are right there at um, eleven and ten, ranked in the ACC. They're out of contention for the NCAA tournament, and they don't really have anything to play for except for playing the spoiler, which of course Tech would love to do, and I think I think Miami would love to do as well. So I think if we lose to one of them, which is of course very possible considering you know the way that we played against Pitt today, that especially towards the end, I think that we would need to beat Duke or Louisville at home, which I think is also very possible to do, especially considering Duke just got blown off. They got their shoes blown off by NC State at NC State and Louisville, considering that we play Louisville very, very close on the road. so.
0: And I think Louisville's lost two in a row now. No, they... They, they lost to Clemson, I know. They
1: lost to Georgia Tech and, and Clemson. Clemson yeah. And then they just beat... Someone okay. I who well, won. they
0: lost a stretch of two games, yeah. so I mean, ACC not, just isn't great. a power, no. dude. It's just not a power this year. No, and it's crazy to think, you know, the top four ACC teams, you know, most likely Virginia in that number four spot right now, barring some sort of collapse, probably make the tournament. But that's probably it. I don't see it. NC State. Well, NC State, I guess, has a bit of a shot now after NC the way State, they beat Duke. NC State, but is they're still firmly, on the outside,
1: firmly on the bubble right now. They are. The last four out, four out, according to Joe Lenardi mastermind of ESPN. I don't. He's actually, you know, I've read that he's actually not like the best one, but he oh, just, really? he's just been doing it for the longest, and he has the most voice. It's
0: kind of like Mel Kiper. I'm not sure Mel Kiper's the best draft guy,
1: <laughs> but he's there. I
0: mean, can you really be good with the hair like that? I mean, you have to be legend status to rock that. <laughs> I would have hair like Mel Kuyper, I mean, no question. If, yeah, if you've got a job like Mel yeah. Kiper, you do whatever the <laughs> heck you want.
1: <laughs> but in, in any case, you know Virginia right now is at a 10 seed that's very much in the tournament, and we're looking at you know if you want to root against the other bubble teams, you got to. I, I think rooting against it, it's weird because a couple of the bubble teams we've actually played: Purdue, we've played NC State, and also Arizona State. But I mean. It, and i don't actually know what to do for that because if they <laughs> if they win and get into the tournament it makes us look better yep. but if they win and push us out it would suck so i think it i think if they win it's better but if other, the other bubble teams lose for example like a vcu or um, a wichita state uh, you know teams like that i
0: think it'd be better for us so you just got to
1: take care of business yeah, handle gotta,
0: our own business and whatever happens happens you, you
1: know what we need we need a um a, a program to tell us who we should root for and i always i always wanted this when the when we still went with the uh rpi instead of the net rankings is that you know based on every game affects the rankings of everyone and it doesn't affect you much but i think it'd be interesting to think about you know having a program to tell you who you should root for based on what team you want to go up or down
0: I mean, is that the next Kenpa man? Maybe. Is this your million-dollar
1: idea? I, I've, I've been saying this for years, and I've told this to some people, and nothing's happened. So no one is willing to try this. I am letting the listeners take this idea, and if you make a program like this, please let me know because I do want to take credit for it. Publicly. Just put the
0: guys and ties name in it. Yeah, it's just some sort of credit. We
1: want some royalties. As well. <laughs> we won't ask for much, just like twenty percent.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course, the big. Ten for each of us. Fifty-one percent equity too. I want to own the business. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, we, we want merchandising. Yeah. <laughs> in any case,
1: but but going on, it's you know it's confusing as who to root for. But I think the most important thing is that Virginia needs to take care of their own business before worrying about others. And I think beating uh Virginia Tech and Miami is going to go help us go a long way to making tournament. At this point it's a lot about like not losing instead of winning.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But let's say let's say we do go through there. Maybe, you know, maybe we go 2 and 2, maybe we go 3 and 1. Mm-hmm. We're in the tournament most likely. Mm-hmm. Let's say maybe we pick up a first round win in the ACC tournament. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How do you feel about this team right now heading into March? Cuz it wasn't that long ago we were talking Do we need to adjust our expectations for the NIT? Right. You know, how do you feel about this team right now? Is this a one game and done type of deal? Or do you think there's a shot to maybe make it out of the first weekend? Well, so
1: this is the best part about being a low seed. And we haven't been a low seed since, you know, 2012. Or 2011, even
0: yeah, because 2012 we were yeah. a five seed. I think that
1: that 11-12 season. We sorry, were... I'm
0: thinking, I'm thinking the 16-17 or this, yeah, the 16 yeah. 17 season. No, we were but, a five but seed. go go back yeah, to before yeah. we
1: even went to UVA when we 11-12 season. Joe Harris, Malcolm Brogdon, yep. uh, Mike Scott's final year at UVA, and and we were a I think we were a ten seed and we played Florida and we got our butts beat by Bradley Beal and. You know but we were we were a low seed so it wasn't like we were expected to do anything we were expected to lose that game and that's kind of where we're at now we are not expected to go anywhere in the tournament at this point we're slated I mean this is totally it's, it's not it doesn't count it doesn't matter but our opponent would be Michigan in the 107 game we would be playing in Cleveland in the south region which is in Houston um that kind of blows just all of it I think Michigan's a tough matchup you know, they're, they're good. But I, honestly, I think that we are playing our best basketball right now. I think that we're getting to the point where our guys are getting confident. Casey's getting confident. You know, he had seven points today, was playing in the final minutes of that game, which was surprising to me, especially considering his, you know, shooting woes. But he, he was playing good defense. He was getting rebounds. He hit his free throws. I think that Casey's peaking at the right time. Thomas is definitely peaking at the right time. Uh, Mamadi's really comfortable in his role. Jay looks great. Kofaro didn't play you know, super well today, but he's playing his role really well. And I think that this team is peaking at just the right time. And I think it's honestly, and th- you might laugh at this, but I think it, it's not even surprising if we make it to the semifinals or even the finals of the ACC tournament
0: finals I think might be a stretch but I could I mean if you get the double bye you only have to win one game well, to get exa- the semifinal. Well, exactly
1: but but if you you only have to win two games to make it to the finals and I think that's super easy I mean it's not easy to do but it's definitely something that we can do we've beaten some of the top teams in the league mm-hmm. and we've played Louisville super close we beat Florida State and we've also beaten a lot of those middling teams in the middle and we've beat some of the bad teams at the bottom as well and we'll find out
0: against duke next saturday
1: yeah we'll find out against duke and then we've got louisville again at the end of the season but i think that this team can really play with anyone in the in the acc if not the country i think if you know if we played kansas or someone i think we might rethink saying this but i think we can play with really anyone in the country because of how our defense plays how we set the tone on with the pace and how we're getting
0: hot at the right time I mean, <laughs> it's a bold statement, but that's what a lot of people are saying right now is people are like, hey, you know, like, don't bet against UVA. So, you know, they've got a shot.
1: So let me read out the other 10 seeds right now. It's UVA, Oklahoma, Arizona State, and Wichita State. Now, okay. UVA is definitely, definitely the scariest 10 seed. No one wants to see UVA in their side of the bracket. Yeah, Especially, absolutely. I mean, just because... No one
0: wants to... It's a tough matchup. It's, it's tough a, to prepare a te- for a style like that. It's a like terrible
1: that. matchup. Well, you know, you know, we've got terrible matches as well, you know, with three-point shooting teams, but our teams that shoot well, but, you know, if you look at it, like, it's a tough matchup with the defense, and we're getting hot, and we're probably a little bit underrated just based on how, you know blowout losses to purdue that weird game that we dropped at bc and i think that this team is peaking at just the right time
0: i mean this is exactly the time you want to peak too. yeah
1: you know obviously it's almost march yeah i mean you think back to like yukon a couple of years ago when they were out of the tournament won like five games in a row in the big east tournament and then went on to win the whole ncaa tournament
0: yeah i mean to me the whole key here as we're starting to look ahead to postseason, and it's got to be shooting. You know, mm-hmm. Thomas Woldetensai is hitting his shots right now. We're still not a great three-point shooting team. I think we shot 33% against Pittsburgh, although we did hit over 50% against Boston College. But Thomas Woldetensai has got to get hit his threes. Kihei's got to hit his threes. You know, Kihei's going to need probably, you know, I think one of the more overlooked performances of our tournament run last year was Kihei Clark against Oregon. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to need some clutch threes like that down the stretch, and, you know, Heck, even Casey Morsell might have to hit some threes. So, And, you know, Casey, like you said, is playing his way into more minutes right now. And mm-hmm. part of that against Pittsburgh was dictated by matchups as right. they went more four guards. But he played well. You know, Braxton, if he can hit a three here or there, that's great. I don't think we should lean on him. But Co- Cody as well. Cody, even Jay, Jay Huff. You know, Jay there's mommy. people here who yeah. have potential. And, you know, Thomas Walter side is more consistent. Hayes getting there. But, I mean, that's how you scare teams in the tournament. You know, if we can play the defense that we're accustomed to and, you mm-hmm. know, re- honestly still playing, maybe not at the level we were in November or December, but you take that trade for this offensive jump any day of the week.
1: And, you, and you know, the, the the knock against UVA in the past was that it, playing the defense and playing with the slow pace, it gives you less chances to to win the game, especially if it's a close game. You really are only going to have one or two chances to to swing the tide or switch the score. and But in this case for us, that's been really good for us this year because we've been able to close out a lot of close games, and we've been kind of the underdog. And so as the underdog, we've really had not a lot of pressure in several cases to close out these games, which has been really nice. And, I I mean, if you go into the NCAA tournament as a 10 seed or even as an 11 or a 9 seed, I think we could jump up one slot or – move down one slot easily but if you go in as a 9 10 or 11 you're always going to be the underdog no matter what you play in the first round so i think it'll be really good for this team to have that underdog mentality
0: again you also look i mean is there a team in the country that has more experience in close games than we do i mean I don't know. every game is close even pittsburgh today you know it should have been a twelve point win. We were up by 12 with three minutes left. Mm-hmm. And then obviously it got real close and it made me feel like Syracuse elite eight. Although right. thankfully the stakes weren't nearly as high, Yes, but it, it was the feel, same type it of deal. Like that, yeah. Same type of deal. Oh, Virginia has sped up. What's going to happen? Pittsburgh's making some great plays, but you just kind of take what you can get right now. And I think shooting is a big piece of it. And you know, I'm, I'm way more comfortable with this team right now than I was, obviously, a month or two ago. Oh, for sure, yeah. And, you know, I tweeted this out during the game. You know, this is... What we're seeing right now is the Virginia that I expected preseason. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not lights out, but the defense is good. You know, there's some turnovers here and there. There's still some weird plays. But, hey, we have a couple players who can make threes. We're playing good defense. You know, fundamental... We're balanced on offense. I mean, the -hmm. points scored, you know, against Pittsburgh, like I said, against Boston College, five players in double figures against Pittsburgh... You had Kihei with 17, and then three guys with 10 points each. Yeah, you know this is kind of the UVA team I expected, and you know if UVA had played a bit better at the beginning of the season, maybe we're talking about a five or six seed right now instead mm-hmm. of a 10 or 11. Yeah, but you know this is kind of where I feel like this team should be right now. Yeah. and you know I would have said a month ago we were behind where I wanted us to be, but I feel decent about where this are where we are right now all things considered i mean
1: if you if you look back to the to the schedule and think about games that we could have won if we had been playing our offense like we are right now i see i mean that not purdue we we lose that game every time but south carolina i think we win eventually Mm -hmm. i mean i know we lost by 11 points but we were right in that game until the very end and we started fouling and they got they got their lead up a little bit that BC game I think was super wonky I think we win that game even the games against Syracuse I don't think Syracuse goes to overtime if we are playing our offense like we are right now even that game at Florida State you know I just listed those three games in a row that we lost in the ACC that game was only a four-point game and I think we can pull that one out if Thomas hits some threes in that game and you know it's tough, it's tough looking back. It's hard to look back and say like, oh, we should have had that game. But, you know, I think it's even better for us at this point to know that we're peaking and that we don't have this expectation of, of having to win to get into the tournament.
0: Yeah. And like you said, like hindsight's 2020, it's yeah. easy to say now, but I did, I felt the same way in the football season. Like if we could have mm-hmm. played that Miami game again, I would, absolutely take that I think we should have beat Miami in football yeah that Louisville game was painful I mean that was a tough game to watch I would have loved to play them again Mm -hmm. although I think they're on the rise in football Mm -hmm. but you know it's easy like it's same with basketball it's easy to look back now you know we are what we are Mm -hmm. but you know in the tournament it doesn't really matter you get better matchups and better you know seating based on how you did earlier in the season but once you get in there you know everyone's got the same shot yeah so we'll see what happens but it's good. At least we're talking about the tournament again. Yeah, I know. like that we're talking about the tournament. I again. know it was
1: kind of like despair city here a couple of weeks ago. When well, we you were know, it's like, like, do I plan <laughs> my
0: calendar for Nit MSG? Yeah. like, do I got to well, get we, pumped for this? Well, we
1: even said we even said that uh, is the season a success, and we said no unless we win the. <laughs> <NIT>. <laughs> but but if, if we make the tournament, it can be success. I think. Yeah, I think this is a su- successful season if we make the tournament, and everything else is just kind of. Extra. It's a cherry on top. It's like if we win a game, it's awesome.
0: And we're getting teased here and there. Like Reese Speakman just had a great game. Mm-hmm. You know, we get Jeff White gave us mm-hmm. the little uh, Sam Hauser update about how he's lights out from three. Mm-hmm. You know, this was always a rebuilding year. Just make the tournament, you know, make lemonade if you can. Yeah. And, you know, let's see what happens. But thankfully that's what these guys have been doing. Like, you know, winning seven out of eight. Hopefully against Virginia Tech we can make it eight out of nine and then we'll see what happens against Duke. But I feel better right now.
1: And, you know, a lot of our team comes back next year. I mean, if we're talking next year, you know, Mamadi's gone. Braxton's gone. If someone transfers, you know, I am i don't think anyone's thinking about transferring, but I don't see anyone. Tran- Maybe, I mean, if anyone, it might be Cody Statman who would think about transferring considering that he's losing playing time right now to people who are younger than him. And then there's better people coming in next year who are going to take a spot as well. But otherwise, I don't see anyone transferring out, so I think that most of this team comes back, gets better. Hopefully, Casey can hit some shots next year, and you know we also got a great incoming freshman class, as you said. Sam Hauser has been looking great in practice, <laughs> can't miss in practice, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I think but. I'm not even looking ahead to next year right now. Like, like I, earlier in the season, I was for sure. I was like, next year's gonna be great. I'm not even worried about this season. But now I'm like, oh, I want to win. I want to make the tournament. I want to win a game in the tournament. I think they'll be great. I think they' cool.
0: And remember, the wild card with next year too is that we still have a scholarship available. Tony Bennett doesn't have to fill it, but there's still one open mm-hmm. spot next year based mm-hmm. on what we're looking at right now. So it could be a transfer. It could be a late addition. I don't know, but. It's something to just monitor over the back of your mind after the season ends. But yeah, I mean, I'm ready for the tournament, you know, assuming we get there. I'm also ready for Duke. I'm ready for Louisville. Yeah. Like it's taken me a while to get into this season. And it's a shame that like I didn't fully get in until this win streak. And part of that was because football was just such a fun ride. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm invested now. You know, I'm invested. I want to see this team do really well. Tony Bennett's coaching his butt off. I'm ready for this. and I
1: think I think that the the tournaments are going to be wild this year too. I think that the ACC tournament's going to be great. You know, there's a lot of ACC teams with with something to prove, and I think NC State's going to try their hardest. E- even though like a lot of them can't make the NCAA tournament without winning the whole thing, I think that's going to motivate a lot of people. You know, if you're looking at like a Syracuse or a Clemson teams that are good and have won big games, but ha- don't have the win totals. I think they're going to try really hard. The NC State will try really hard. Notre Dame and uh, Georgia Tech are tough teams for some reason, and they're going to try their best to get in. So I think the ACC tournament's going to be fun to watch. I think the NCAA tournament's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited for March, and I'm excited to, to watch all these basketball games coming up.
0: Yeah, how the season's changed, How man. the season's
1: <laughs> changed. Hey, we have to do a J. Huff segment for the people. <laughs> okay, for, for the, the people. people, for the people. Um and he had a great game against Boston College. He had 14 points in 28 minutes, 3 of 5 from the 3, 5 of 7 from the field, with 8 rebounds, one assist, 3 blocks, no turnovers, only two fouls for Jay. So he had a really good game against Boston College. Hit those three threes in the first half, including uh first couple of points, and he also hit that one as time expired in the first half really gave us a boost going into halftime and you know he I don't think he played a lot as much in the second half I think that you know we were getting some other people some run but especially like Cody Cody played a lot in that game as well but I think that Jay had a really good game and he did really awesome I the defense is great when he's on the floor because he can fix a lot of mistakes he's so long and so and he's, his hedging is really good as well I think that's great Uh, Today, not as great of a game, five points on one of four shooting, one of three from the three, two free throws, only five rebounds, one assist, three blocks again, two turnovers, three fouls. So a little bit sloppier, not as much production, but again, he didn't play as much today because of the matchup. Tony's still not at a stage where he will play guys to dictate the matchup. He lets the other team dictate kind of what the matchup's gonna be and then he matches it so today for example we went smaller a lot of the time Braxton was at the four Momedy was usually at the five Kafaro uh, played a little bit at the five but usually it was Momedy at the five with Braxton at the four so Jay didn't play as much today unfortunately but still with three blocks and a shorter amount of time I think it says a lot about who he is as a player and how much he means to this defense
0: yeah I mean to me the biggest thing with Jay Huff right now is just he's starting every game right now Mm -hmm. and you know he's able to play these long stretches and you know Jay Huff is always going to be a frustrating player just because (laughs) he always has the ceiling that you just want to tap to the fullest potential and it's the same reason we keep talking about it and I I think
1: I sorry go on I'll, I'll, I'll say it after you finish
0: I just think the biggest thing with Jay right now is that we finally settled into a starting lineup, and that starting lineup includes Jay Huff. Mm-hmm. And to say that, that is he's at least able to play these minutes without picking up tons of fouls, without, you know, being a, at least a glaring liability on the defensive end. There's still times where you want him to get stronger on that board, or you wonder, yeah. well, why'd you foul on that hedge? But, you know, at least he's consistent enough that, you know, he's able to keep playing and, you know, in the starting lineup.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think as you talked about the rebounds today, there's a couple times where he had the rebound and it was just wrestled away from him. I know there's two jump balls at least caused by Pitt that he just had it and they just outmuscled him and grabbed it. And the I, I think a couple of them should have been fouls, but the refs thought otherwise and they called jump balls. So it was tough to see that because he is much taller than everyone. So he can really just hold it up and not <laughs> not have it taken is that away the from secret? him. Secret, I think so, but but he he disagrees. So I think that you know if he if he was able to like rebound a little bit, get a little bit stronger in his hands, I think that'd be great. And the the other thing I want to say is you said that he's a frustrating player because the ceiling we know the ceiling's there, but unfortunately it's not. I don't know if we'll ever reach that ceiling because of the system he plays in. And I think that because of Tony Bennett as a coach, and I think that because of our offensive system and our defensive system and our pace, I don't think we're ever going to see a Jay Huff. Like if if Jay Huff played at a school like, like Oregon, for example, or a, a school that runs a lot that, you know, we'll just throw it up to him every time and let him pick and pop and let him roll to the basket. I think that he would score a lot more and he'd be much more of a national spotlighted player because of that. However, in the system of Tony Bennett, it, we're not going to do that. We're just going to be slow and methodical. And you know, he often like against Boston College, he had several great uh, alley oops that he didn't dunk because he it was so not great, not a great pass by Kihei, but he was or able, it went in by Kihei, or it went in by <laughs> Kihei. But but he was able to grab it and and he, he had this one really acrobatic one. He caught it with his left hand, brought it over to his right hand, and laid it in off the backboard all while in the air. So. It was a really great play, and he can do stuff like that all the time. And I think it's really glaring to see another player try and do what Jay does. If you look at Kafaro playing the couple minutes he did today in the first half against Pitt, where Kihei would throw it up to him, and Kafaro would just like, like, like <laughs> throw it like a football off the backboard. <laughs> like, he doesn't have quite the finesse that Jay does. And yeah. Kafaro will definitely get better at on the offensive side of the ball, but Jay's so good there already. It's tough to see another player come in and try to do what he does. And I think, uh, you know, we've got him for one more year, thankfully. But I think it'll be weird once he's gone because he we've had him for so long. I know. That's and, true. And, you know, I don't know if we'll ever see the full Jay Huff. Yeah. Even though we see the skill. Like, I don't know if we'll see, like, the true monster he could be.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. But I think that's but.
1: okay. I think that's fine because this because he's a much better defensive player than he would be anywhere else.
0: If you start, you know, he's going to end up starting close to half the games this season mm-hmm. when the season's set and done. And, I mean, that's what you wanted from Jay Huff. You wanted consistency. You wanted the ability to stay on the floor. And, you know, at least that's what we're getting right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you get good games from him, that's terrific. And hopefully, you know, against the right teams, you know, that combo that we were talking about before the season of him and Mamadi Diakite can be effective and we have seen them be effective at times this mm-hmm. year.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Rob, is there anything else you want to talk about? Any any football updates besides Clint Centum? Yeah, being, the only real football updates hired? is
0: yeah, Vic Sohoto officially at USC, Clint Centum at UVA, and you know, it's been official for about a week now, but I love the Clint Centom hire. You know, he came from Delaware you know, he did a brief stint under Mike London as a grad assistant at UVA. I think it was the 2014 season, so... A forgettable season. Yeah, <laughs> that as was mo- one of the most, most frustrating as seasons. Most, as most of them were. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I like the hire. You know, he was at Delaware for the past few years where he coached linebackers and defensive line, coming here as a defensive lineman. You know, he's a guy from Woodbridge, Virginia, originally. He's got in-state ties, kind of like Hagen's does, you know, former player, kind of like Hagen's, mm-hmm. And, you know, a position where it seems like he's going to bring a lot of energy and you know mm-hmm. the football staff or the social media team already posted a video of him coaching and um the george wells indoor practice facility which also has a picture of him in it by the way which yeah. is kind of cool and you know i like bringing in alumni and especially when they're the right fit i don't like bringing in alumni for the sake of bringing in alumni yeah but it seems like a good fit and you know, someone that Bronco is really excited about and shares the same birthday with Bronco Hall. we found out. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the hire.
1: You're talking about energy, and Vic Sohoto had so much positive energy for the players and really was, a, I think, a, a great recruiter and developer of talent on the defensive line. So it's sad to see him go, but it's very understandable considering that he's from there going back home and so, sad to see him go, but we wish him the best at USC. Hopefully, someday, he can make it back over. And I I bet he will have a head coaching job somewhere at some point, just because of his energy and his charisma.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you got to start looking at our whole staff. staff in that light, especially the defensive staff. There's a lot of people here that I think at some point, sooner rather than later, are going to start getting you know, looks for promotions, be it head coach or mm-hmm. coordinator positions at other schools. Yeah. And, you know, Vic Sohoto, you know, one of the things about our staff, which I thought was such a strength in the development of this program was the continuity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really with the exception of Ruffin McNeil, which you always knew was going to be a short term thing when he went to uh, Oklahoma after the first season, the whole staff had stayed intact. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Vic Sohoto was a GA working on the def- with the defensive line um under Rafa mcneil he gets promotion so now mcneil's or sorry uh sohoto's the next to go we bring in clint senum but um you know you look at so many people on the staff and a lot of them have been with bronco Hall for a long time and you know that loyalty aspect is going to be a big thing and it has been a big thing but there's guys that are pretty soon going to get looks you know you talk about Uh, Jason Becks, you know, your Mm -hmm. Nick Howes, your Mm -hmm. Papingas. There's people who are going to get looks sooner rather than later. So, you know, hopefully I trust Bronco Mindenhall the way he designs his culture and the staff to, you know, be ready for that. But it's the same thing with basketball and Tony Bennett. Eventually we saw people start to leave and it's just going to be how it goes when you have a developing good program. But, you know, the thing about
1: Tony and I think the thing that I'm I'm confident Bronco will do the same thing is that Tony has a succession plan. And he's brought in people to like be under him and be ready to step in when the next person goes. Like Wilford, like yep. he he might be gone soon. Um I he I mean he's paid very well at UVA, but does he want does he want more? I don't know. So like but Tony has brought in people over the years that he has kept around and being able to move into the next spot. I think that Bronco does some things very very similar and i don't think you know he hired clint Sentham just because he thought he would bring energy i think he did it because he knows he can do the right job and if he needs to he can promote from within i yeah. think that's part of the reason why
0: and you know jeff white wrote the feature i think it was in january about jackson mateo at UVA. he did uh-huh. 3 years as a grad assistant there and you know when someone like jeff white writes as flattering of an article as he did about jackson mateo You know, that's kind of the reason why a lot of people thought Mateo was the choice to slide in. You know, Mm -hmm. Bronco Mindenhall is quoted in that article saying, you know, if we have a position open up on staff, we want to bring in Jackson Mateo Mm -hmm. because you can only do three years as a grad assistant. Mateo's still at UVA, said, hey, I want to coach with you, Bronco. When an opening comes up, let me know. Now, we don't know if he ever interviewed for this defensive line job, but Bronco Mendenhall clearly has a similar plan in place. So many of his assistants started out as grad assistants with Mm -hmm. him at BYU um he likes the promoting from within and you know as as he said he's big on you know organizational design strategy all that he likes the promoting from within he likes having people ready and i think we'll see similar moves coming up um you know for for our sake hopefully not in the nearest future but for our coach's sake maybe in the near future right so we'll just have to monitor what happens but i thought it was a good hire clint sent him and i'm excited about what he can do
1: yeah it'll be great and with that
0: i think um Time to give some yells. You got to yell? Yeah, man. Let's let's stay with football. Let's give it to uh, Bryce Perkins. Nice. Who just had that amazing box jump he I posted on Twitter. Yeah, that was awesome. Some, I think 60 inches. Yeah. That's just absurd. Well, That's a, lo- just absurd. a long,
1: a broad jump, and then... A box jump yeah which is hard
0: <laughs> it was incredible and you know there was an article I read about him the other day someone asked him if he makes it in the NFL as the quarterback is he gonna be the most athletic quarterback in the league and he was kind of like bashful it's like you know Lamar Jackson's up there but I'm gonna challenge him yeah and you just see how athletic he is I wish we could have got him at the combine mm-hmm. for his own sake but also for ours just to see just to how watch. he blows the quarterback numbers out of the water yeah but that was an impressive thing he did on Twitter
1: I agree Uh, I'm going to give my shout out to the UVA bench, especially Cafaro, McCoy, and uh, Chase Coleman for doing their little uh, meditation uh, three-point celebration after Cody hit a three against Boston College. I thought it was really funny, and a lot of people on the internet did as well. They've done it before this season too, so I think that's something they do. I don't know when they do it, if they just plan it or something. Yeah, I have no idea. But they all, <laughs> but they all sat on the floor, and McCoy was cheesing really hard, and uh, thought it was a great way to show love for Cody, who you know struggled a lot this season with shooting, but uh, hit a couple big ones against uh, Boston College. So with that, thank you so much for listening. This is the guys in ties. Make sure to tune in next week when we talk about. More basketball, probably. I guess. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to give us a follow on Snapchat and Instagram at Guys and Ties Pod for all that bonus content that you love so much. Make sure to follow us on iTunes and Spotify if you want to keep listening to the Guys and Ties Podcast. Make sure you check out Armchair Media; they got a lot of great stuff about um, fight, a lot of big fights coming up, and also all your favorite sports. And we will see you guys next week. Go who's beat tech. tech. And do. And do.